0: The Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the impact of gap time for missionary service on Utah women's college outcomes. We recently published a very interesting research brief through the Utah Women in Leadership Project on this very topic. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haidt Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University, and I'm also the Founding Director of the Utah Women and Leadership Project. Today I'm here with two guests, the authors of this report. First, Maggie Marchant, assistant librarian at the Harold B. Lee Library at Brigham Young University. And then Dr. Jocelyn Weichel, Assistant Professor in the School of Family Life, also at Brigham Young University. Welcome to both of you today. Good to have you on. So in the report, you begin with this introduction. Throughout the United States, recent high school graduates and college students delay or take breaks in their higher education for a variety of reasons. And you mentioned, of course, things like employment, of course, to save money for college, or illness, or caring for loved ones, military service, religious missionary service, which we'll talk about today, and even experiential learning outside the classroom. And you had the percentage of nearly 31% of Utah freshman students don't re-enroll for their second fall semester, which is oftentimes a break, right? And so I'd love to just get into the details and have you share those. So Maggie, let's start with you. Tell us what you're defining as gap time and why this topic is really important in Utah. And then also, why were you interested in this topic
1: too? Sure, I'd love to talk about this. So in our study, we look specifically at what we term structured gap time. We list all these other terms that people might be taking a break for illness, for um, working to pay for college. But with structured gap time, we think about um, taking a, a break to do something that will improve your personal life or your professional life and so these structured experiences usually involve service they involve uh, travel or experience in different places and so with our report we look specifically like you said at missionary service as a type of structured gap time that involves service and uh, working with different people in different places i love that Uh, yeah
0: Yeah, and 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 as you may or may not know i served a latter-day saint mission in the 80s it tells how old i am (laughs) and and you would term that structured gap time i mean there's a reason for it there's a plan for it Um, and so this is one reason i I loved this study
1: yeah and when we were kind of thinking about this project we I actually didn't serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ, but I had a lot of friends that were serving missions and students that I uh, was in classes with and that Jocelyn was working with. And so we had all these people that we saw and the effects that missionary service had on them. And I think we were really interested to see if those were also held up in the data in their academic outcomes.
0: Thank you so much. And Jocelyn, any any other comments about that? But then you know, just lead us as well into describing the study background and the characteristics of the sample.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I think that uh, one of the reasons I was really interested in this study is because it sheds light on an interesting kind of broader puzzle in labor economics. So women seem to do really well in college, women, uh, girls in school often score better on academic testing than boys. But then when it comes time to uh, turn to look at the labor market, there's this shift where women are making less money than men. And so something's happening between academics into career. So, and this is true even after accounting for differences in education, experience, and occupation. And so it might be that men and women are just different in the way that they're developing soft skills like communication, confidence, problem solving, working with people, et cetera. And so uh, we were thinking that missions may be a context where women could develop these important life skills. And with this project, which focuses exclusively on women, we were allowed to then examine the ways that missions for Latter-day Saint women may open future opportunities through a different channel uh, than academics typically would. So turning now to our study, um, thinking about uh, the characteristics of our sample and the background, let's back up to 2012. So in 2012, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints made a change in its missionary policy that allowed women to serve missions at age 19 instead of age 21. And this age change was immediately followed by a surge of women uh, choosing to serve missions who otherwise may not have. And so uh, by following these women during that surge and comparing them to women just before the surge, we were able to learn about how missions change a woman's subsequent college experience and their outcomes. To follow these women, we needed actual hard numbers. Uh, I know, so-
0: that, was, that was what I was so happy that you were able to work with BYU and get some really good data through kind of the longitudinal uh, impact.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very grateful for the support that the BYU administration has given in um, pursuing this study, so that um, lots of people can understand better about uh, how mission experience may uh, impact women. So our study does use administrative, anonymized student data from B- Brigham Young University. Uh, the school is located in Provo. Utah, uh, BYU is a selective private religious university. And so in that, in some ways it will differ from other universities yeah. in the state. Our sample included over 17,000 women. And these were women who enrolled in BYU between 2007 and the fall of 2012, just before the announcement of the age change was given. And then we followed these women for eight years as they progressed through college, potentially on a mission or not, and then graduated. So, on average, these women were um, 18 and a half at the time of their enrollment. 14% of our sample were non white. Uh, their average ACT score in the sample was 27. And so, these women in our sample had higher ACT scores compared to other schools in Utah, but otherwise, the demographic makeup of the student body uh, was very similar to other universities in Utah. Hmm. Okay.
0: Well, that is so interesting. And I think, I think you know, there will be, it's hard to, as researchers, generalize exactly to other universities. So we always have to put those limitations on. But, the, but you know, we know from from just through the years and our different universities that, that, that there's some similarities, definitely. So thank you for that background. Um, and I, you know, 17,000 is a big data set. And then you also said that 29% or a little over 29% took that gap, that time gap. So that's a big part of that sample, but you were also able to compare them to people that didn't go on missions. So I love that. So Maggie, back to you. Um, Anything you wanted to fill in there, but then I would love to have you talk about the benefits of the missionary gap time.
1: Yeah, I think that I'll just go into some of the benefits. We focus on the academic benefits. So a lot of what we find are that women who return from missions experience benefits in their education. One of the big ones that we find is that women who serve missions are more likely to change and switch into majors that have a higher earning potential. So they're they're switching into majors where potentially they could be earning a higher salary after they graduate and as they enter the workforce. To me, that's your
0: biggest like boom uh, <laughs> yes. for the research that that's really interesting because They really, you found that they switched into, you call it higher earning potential, but those are typically more masculine fields, like STEM fields. Yes, we find that as well.
1: Um, We looked at the earning potential as well as the makeup of of men and women in the major, and we find them also in majors that have more men which might suggest, like Jocelyn was saying, an increase kind of in these confidence, confidence yeah. skills and other kind of relationship-building skills where they are more comfortable in these situations that women traditionally maybe are not as comfortable with.
0: And uh- I, I would say, knowing the, just in general research, that sometimes you're just not raised to be around men and be in the same situation or compete in some ways or, or just... Uh, are. Comfortable in that. I was raised with six brothers, so I was always comfortable, and I played basketball with the elders on my mission. So. <laughs> but generally speaking, you're pushed into being comfortable doing more competitive, doing more masculine kinds of activities, I think.
1: Yes, definitely. So we think that that could definitely be a channel for what we're seeing in our research. Uh, we also find in the educational benefits that going on a mission, this missionary gap time, benefits uh, women in that they are able to get into limited enrollment programs. So these are ones where, that require a separate application beyond just application to the university. And in particular, women who um, might struggle in other academic ways are more likely to get into these programs. So hmm. uh, women at like the lower third of the ACT distribution um, were 19% more likely to get into those programs than women who did not serve missions. So we thought that that was a really interesting way that it might support in ways outside of just academics. Yeah. And then we also do find that women uh, that serve missions are coming back and uh, getting earning grades that are a little bit higher than women that don't yeah. serve missions. And some previous research on missionary service has found this and gap time uh, for men has found this as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's true. I saw that in my brothers too. <laughs> <laughs> they were not so good. Then they came back and they were super good students. Yes, um, yes. Yes. Yeah, but then sometimes we if... think
1: the channel for this might be they're more focused, more ready to yeah. get down yeah. to work.
0: Yeah. They learn how to study, especially my brothers that went to foreign speaking and had to learn a language. They just learned how to study. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that leads into another benefit that that, um, other research finds in gap time and missionary service is kind of the personal benefit that women find. They learn new languages, they learn about themselves and other places in the world, and they develop some of those soft skills like confidence, courage, uh, relationship skills, and independence, and that has the potential to benefit them uh, also in their work beyond just you know being able to earn a higher salary because they're in majors that have a higher earning potential, they also yeah. might have other skills.
0: Well that's so interesting too. And as you know, we conducted that study a number of years ago. I'm trying to remember what year we published it and and found really in-depth. So there's two studies now through the UW of on, he on missions. And and Jocelyn, any thoughts there? Um as well, I mean, which one was kind of your favorite aha or favorite benefit that you saw uh, for Missionary Gap Time?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I wanted to highlight one particular benefit. So I see, I think there um, there are women out there who struggle academically. Mm. And, um, for, and I want to talk to those women for just a minute. So among my own students, sometimes I do sense this frustration that common metrics in school, like test scores, Will disadvantage some students that they can work really, really hard, and they just don't do well on tests. And for these students, there can be a fear that they won't be competitive, that because they just don't look perfect on paper, and that there's nothing they can do to overcome that. So I was really encouraged to see that missions are a way that these women can set themselves apart in competitive situations. You know, they can demonstrate I can do hard things, and I do work hard, and I'm dedicated, and having that on a resume or having that on an application seemed to be very helpful for women uh, who didn't look like they were good test takers per se. Um, It was just another way that they could communicate that they would be successful. And so I thought that was really encouraging that uh, these women who aren't looking stellar can still move forward, still be competitive, and kind of overcome that one area that they worry about. And what
0: I what just popped in my mind for the first time, and I've read this study many times, is that that's that's really when you look at the fixed and growth mindset, that is really a growth mindset. So I'm wondering if you really do you you learn on Latter Day Saint missions that if you work really hard, you can have some success and and. Um, so anyway, that was an aha there. Can you continue, Jocelyn, and, and talk about some of the drawbacks? So you did find a few drawbacks from that gap time. And that's not a surprise to me. You know, gap time of anything has some drawbacks. So tell me a little bit more about those.
2: Yeah, sure. And I do. I think it's really important as people are approaching the decision about is gap time right for me to kind of think about the pros and the cons so that they can make an informed and educated decision. So, um, you know, first off is often there's a financial cost to um, taking gap time, uh, especially in particular for missionary service. Often missionaries pay for their own missions. And so that can be a cost that's incurred. Also, there's a cost uh, spending that time away means uh, a student isn't making progress on their college education. And so there can be a cost of this opportunity cost of a delay in graduation and not entering the workforce as soon. And so you might be giving up a salary when your graduation is delayed. So those are things to consider in terms of the cost, you know, just like on paper there's always a risk when a student leaves a university, it makes it harder to come back when a student isn't um, as connected. And so there's that risk. Uh, We looked for that though, and we did not see strong evidence of that. And I think this is important when trying to decide whether to take gap time is that it would be important for a student to just make a plan about how to return to college afterward so that that potential drawback is minimized. And we did see many students returning to college after, but there is that risk other research has shown that when students leave for a variety of reasons, that it can be uh, harder to come back.
0: Yeah, and through the years, I have to say that that one of the things I've noticed in my extensive research on in Utah on college decisions is is that sometimes people think, well, I'll get home, I'll I'll work, you know, I'll earn money. Maybe they don't feel like their parents. And to help them get right back into school. Their parents may not be supporting them. So they take that extra time, Then, not just the mission gap, but that extra time. And what we'd found in past research and with other research studies in the state, that that that's a real disadvantage, that you really need to have plans uh, with, with support from your family to jump right in as soon as you can. And I would say that for young men too, probably, but especially for young women who are are, I'm going to put quote marks up, worried about making sure they find their mate um, <laughs> sooner than later, right? So uh, Maggie, any any thoughts on that area, the drawbacks, any, anything that stuck out specifically in your mind?
1: Yeah, one other important finding that we did find is that in addition, the, the good news is that we found all of these women, most of them were coming back and re-enrolling after their mission, but they do struggle after that to finish within eight years. So we find that at the eight year uh, mark after starting, women who serve missions are less likely to have graduated than women who do not serve missions. And so this is definitely something where we want to make sure that there's more support for these women, that the barriers that they're experiencing are mitigated so that they can complete their education.
0: And eight years is such a long time. So as I've looked at, at research, you know, trying to get there right after high school, you know, get some good semesters in, get on that mission, come right back. I mean, uh, the better year is around six years, right, to try and get done. But uh, the older we get, the more, uh, quote marks, again, life happens. <laughs> <laughs> right any yes. other it looked like you wanted to make another comment back yeah ahead. I was going to say like
2: oh. at other universities where gap time for missions is uncommon uh, they do measure the typical mark is the six-year mark like you're saying you know that's where we would expect to see students kind of uh, either getting close to finishing up or just really taking uh, time away and not planning to come back so for us we extended that two years to the eight-year mark and so by eight years we have seen those rates really flatten out yeah. I just agree with what you're saying Susan that the more support we can give to these women after they come back so that they don't uh so you know most of them do come back right after missions but then uh, kind of slip away as time goes on and so the more support we can give to these women in helping them get closer and closer to finishing I think the better their outcomes will be long term.
0: Thank you. And and Jocelyn will you start here and then we'll give it over to Maggie maybe you can summarize a few of the Action, And we've talked about a little bit of this, but those action and policy recommendations actually for Utah as we think about this issue and really wanting our young women and young men to return to college and finish those degrees. So what are a few recommendations that stuck out to you that um, you can share.
2: Yeah, I think of something that universities could do right away is just um, help students. Uh, get more information about how to come back and how to stay uh, connected to the university. So I think university administrators could maybe put some programs in place where they check in with these students who have uh, left you know maybe check in more regularly and then once even after they're back at school continue checking in and just providing information about visiting with an academic counselor or other supports available on campus so that uh, these women do know who to turn to when they're trying to uh, decide about uh, staying in school and finishing up.
0: Well, that's important. I just remember coming home the day before Christmas from my mission <laughs> and then go- going back to school. And I love your, your recommendation that even after they're in school, check in, because that first semester home for me was a little little rocky. It was a hard transition to go from one thing to a week and a half later to, to be released, you know, like (laughs) released into the world again. So I I think a lot of people's kind of struggle that. So with that, Uh, Maggie, yeah, what were a few recommendations that that stuck out to you?
1: One of the ones that I think uh, would be really useful for to kind of capitalize on the benefits that women receive from gap time is introducing more flexible options in how they can complete school, especially when we look at these women that are uh, can really succeed in limited enrollment programs. A lot of these programs, the application deadline is like one time per year. And if you get home uh, from your gap time after that, then you kind of have to wait a whole another year yeah. until you can apply. And so kind of introducing some more flexibility in that, as well as options for completing classes, maybe these students We found in a report uh, on Utah students that experience gap time value flexible options as far as online or being able to do things from home instead of having to come into campus, especially if they are having other responsibilities at home. And so that can be really beneficial to these students.
0: So what are, just a quick question, when you talk about limited enrollment, what, give me some examples there. I'm sure some of the listeners would want to know, see that clarified.
1: Yeah, so here at BYU, some of the good examples are our whole business school is all limited enrollment, and these are just kind of programs where they're usually in high demand, but there's only room for so many students because they have limited resources, limited faculty to support them, and they want to make sure that the students have um, a really good experience. So um, a lot of our, our business school, a lot of like the fine arts classes, and even some of the education classes or majors like uh, elementary education is limited enrollment. So these majors that are popular, but uh, they don't have room for as many.
0: And they just accept them once a year so a little more flexibility i think you see around the country um more flexibility in those entry times right not just in the fall semester that's so traditional um but but shaking it up a little bit i like that and so my last question to you both as we wrap it up is what are some of that you haven't talked about already yeah what are some of the biggest ahas that you've had in doing this work and and um, in reviewing the final report yet again. Um, Let's have uh, Maggie, why don't you take that one on first and then we'll have Jocelyn finish up.
1: One of the things when we were working on this brief specifically, so we um, kind of focused specifically more on on Utah in general in some parts of the brief. And one of the things that really stood out to me is that in Utah, it's actually overall women, have gap time even more than at BYU. So I think the number for women in Utah is almost 50% of women in Utah have gap time, whereas BYU, it's about 40%. And so this is not just a BYU issue, all of Utah, this is really going to affect. And so I think I'm excited to be able to share this with, through the Utah Women in Leadership Project, to help give more information to women and families and universities across the state so that they can make informed decisions based on benefits, the drawbacks, and the things that they can do to kind of mitigate those things.
0: I really appreciate how you said that too, informed decisions. That's really important, right? And and thinking about when you're going to be released even before you go so that you can think about the timing of getting back into college and have your parents uh, help. I helped my, one of my sons went on a mission and he probably shouldn't say this, gave me his password and I got (laughs) in and registered him. But parents have to be involved, uh, you know, and, and these days they can talk to their missionary every week, which I think helps. So any last uh, comments or
2: ahas, Jocelyn, from you? Yeah. Yeah. When I started this research, I thought about, I think maybe a lot of people come to the decision about going on a mission uh, for um, the hope that they can make a contribution to others, that it's a service-oriented, and it's not about uh, what this is, what's in it for me. I think that would be the wrong reason to go on a mission, but uh, in this research, we were able to just carve out a little space and think about what does happen for a person. How does this... uh, service-oriented opportunity where someone's not focused on themselves, what does it do for them personally? And it was really um, enlightening to see that uh, taking time at a critical period in life uh, did seem to um, shape a person's trajectory in a way that maybe uh, is an unintended consequence, uh, these unintended positive consequences, because the intention is service-oriented, focusing on others. But I think... um, you know, from a social perspective, I think this is the best kind of experience that we can have where it benefits others and in turn gives benefit to the person making the effort. You know, I think I, understood, I understand better now the idea that some people say a mission is the best two years of their life. You know, it's very hard, but in a way, I, it was just really um, nice to see the way that people's life trajectories can be altered of when they do this service.
0: I love that. Maggie and Jocelyn, thank you for taking the time to join me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University, in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business, and thanks to Nick Pora for his technical support. The Utah Women and Leadership Project's core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.